You are listening to the Mumbai Cricket Podcast with Clayton Murzello. Hello and welcome to another episode of Midday's Mumbai Cricket Podcast with Clayton Murzello. My guest today is the former Mumbai captain Shishir Hatangadi, a well-traveled man in the sphere of cricket, undertaken a lot of roles which we'll talk about in this program. Welcome to the program, Shishir. Thank you, Clayton. It's so lovely to see you and of course be on this uh, podcast. Uh, just looking forward to it. If you go to your profile, uh, Shishir, player profile, uh, one would discover that you've been brought up in Calcutta, then moved on to Bombay. Can you tell us the story behind that? Yes, I was born there and uh, uh, born because my parents uh, were based in Calcutta. My father worked for a, a multinational company called Bamalori and uh, I grew up there uh, up to the age of nine, uh, went to La Martinia, that was where I first got attracted to this great game and uh, subsequently my father joined Goodless Narlak Paints in Mumbai. So the family moved uh, when I was about 10 to this great city. So, how did you get into cricket? My real interest actually was uh, in Calcutta because that's when I, you know, would... Uh, my father played a bit of club cricket and um, Sunday's ritual was uh, mum would take my sister to the movies and, uh, you know, and around Chaurangi there were a few theatres and I would accompany my father to watch club cricket but uh, uh, not so much for the cricket, it was the, the, the sumptuous lunch that we used to get at, you know, in club games, the mutton curry and the, the, the pow. But, and uh, opportunity to hit a few balls uh, at lunchtime and you know, like every kid, just look forward to that experience. So when you all came to Mumbai, uh, you enrolled at St. Mary's Baikala. Uh, did you automatically get into the team? Interestingly, uh, you know, we went to, I went to St. Mary's which was, you know, Primarily as Jesuit schools are, you know, football and hockey savvy. But I think there was uh, a bit of uh, interest shown because some good players were uh, coming up from the ranks in the in St. Mary's like Nakul Rege, etc. But uh, uh, interestingly, I'll tell you, my coach at uh, later to be coach, Mr. Balagovind, uh, was uh, not impressed with me. We went, we had a school selection and um, Baman Irani got selected ahead of me. Because uh -huh. Baman's quality was he was a great uh, mimic. And uh, you know, in the 70s, Chris Old, uh, Bob Cotton, Jeff Arnold, and he could impersonate them so beautifully that he got picked in the camp, summer camp. And I, for some reason, obviously, I mustn't have been good enough. Uh, we, we were having our selections on the open ground, you know, without any mat. Mm -hmm. And obviously, I didn't impress because uh, I was just beginning to play. So maybe he wasn't. Uh, impressed but subsequently we had an interclass game and uh, we got out for some 20 against the 11th standard I was in the seventh that time and I managed to hang on for an over an hour or probably bat for seven runs so the coach said okay you know you seem to have some patience why don't you just come uh, in the summer vacation albeit a little reluctantly he invited me and I I started coming regularly for practice and then you became a regular in the school team? No, not not really. You see, what happened in St. Mary's in those days was uh, a lot of uh, kids went off on holiday in the summer vacation. So, I was the only one who sort of turned up every day at 7 o'clock. Uh, by quarter to 7, I'd be there. And uh, coach saw that, you know, this guy is at least interested. He's giving it time. So, I may as well invest some time in him. So, I became a net bowler. 
I started bowling off spin and that's how you know he sort of developed uh, interest for me to bowl off spin. That year I sort of played for the school as a, a off spinning batsman. So when did opening the batting take precedence? That came later in Podar College. Uh, school was more about you know induction into the game and uh, more so because uh, St. Mary's didn't have uh, the environment for cricket. You know I always believe that uh, when you come from a cricket centric school the environment actually helps you to grow as a cricketer because you hear anecdotes, you hear history, you hear you know technicalities of the game. Uh, St. Mary's was pretty much a multi-purpose school. You played all sports. So we didn't imbibe uh, anything special from uh, a particular sport you were attracted to. But as uh, I went to Podar, I got into a mahol as they say in Hindi or environment of cricket. Being a very cricket oriented uh, setup, uh, I was able to learn much faster and dedicate much more time and uh, it all started changing from the 11th standard. We'll go back to the school's cricket in the 70s. It's interesting. St. Mary's clashed with Don Bosco in two finals. They won the first one and Don Bosco won the second one with a certain Ravi Shastri as captain. Can you recall those days? Yeah, I didn't play. Uh, I must I must confess I didn't play the one we lost, but I did play the two we won. Uh, one with under Nakul Rege and one when I led. I don't think Ravi led that uh, game where we beat Bosco in the second year. He led when Don Bosco won? Yeah, he led on in the third year, but uh, Ravi was a major player in that uh, second year. I think uh, Subodh Purohit was their captain and uh, we played at the Islam Gymkhana. Uh, but the first year was uh, obviously a great eye-opener because uh, we had a boy Bradman within us called Nakul Rege who got 197 out of 214, 197 not out. Uh, and we played uh, Raja Shivaji and uh, Nakul picked up seven wickets and uh, yours truly three wickets. So we won that game but uh, the rest didn't contribute too much but they hung around to give him that opportunity to score 198. I think the next highest score must have been two or three. but. Uh, we realized then that we could win and you know these little things, little sparks of, uh, of achievement really make you believe in yourself and start and uh, I think the, the principal, the, the, the fathers at the school realized that you know we became champions in, in primarily a Marathi centric game and uh, that uh, you know sort of encouraged them to sort of say okay now you can go and play uh, on cross maidan albeit you have to uh, contribute 5 rupees for the pitch but go and play on, on cross maidan to get a feel of the turf and things like that and in the second year we were pretty much uh, on course to win we were a good side we had a lot of young players Jignesh Sangani was in my team Jimmy Sangani who went on to play for Bombay there was uh, Rajendra Shah there were Salil Shah who still plays club cricket Rohan Shah so we had a pretty well rounded team and uh, Boscos were very good but their key player was of course Ravi and uh, Ravi, uh, Ravi got out for 31 leg before to Salil Shah's uh, in-swinger. We still remind him of that. But uh, that was a spirit of, uh, you know, the Jesuit schools taking interest in cricket. I remember in that final, actually, we, we almost had won the game before lunch. But um, we deferred it. We played a bit slow because we wanted the school to pay for the Kadarbhai's uh, cutlets and gravy. Mm. And uh, that's why we pushed the game up after lunch. and. Uh, Father Carrasco wasn't pleased, my principal, our sports director, he wasn't pleased because he felt that, you know, we could have saved on the lunch money. But uh, the attraction was Kadarbhai's kulfi and the cutlet gravy, which actually held us to our wickets. And, you know, these are little things in life that gave us a bit of joy. 
in between schools and college cricket was there a club stint at karnatak aise i have to mention two mentors who actually took me to a local maidan one was a, a gentleman called uh, prabhakar store who ran a club called brothers club so okay. when i was in the 9th standard he actually held my hand and took me to play some club cricket uh, for brothers club and uh, that was actually my first look at maidan cricket after that of course rashid kudroli came along with vasan tamladi and me and ravi joined karnataka because in those days there was a rule that you had to have some roots in the south or in karnataka to be playing for karnataka so myself ravi shastri vasudev tumbe shridharan b lakshman pretty formidable side sundar kanchan pradeep sundaram later but a lot of players from the from the karnataka area they all represented the karnataka we won mostly almost all tournaments you know we went from b to a in the kanga league we won the purushottam we won the comrade we won a few talim i think and it was pretty much a young side but a very enthusiastic bunch of cricketers so what did you soak in as a young player well i soaked in uh, a lot uh, one is i realized that uh, i had to be in the reserves for a few games it wasn't going to be easy because there were senior players uh, two was of course uh, realized that you know uh, doing well uh, for your college or club uh, you know you had to really score big runs to be recognized and karnataka actually made me wait for that opportunity and uh, realize that you know you are not above anybody and uh, you, you had to earn your place so that was interesting for me and uh, as soon as karnataka sort of embraced me as a club uh, i realized that you know i was getting recognized slowly somewhere in uh, mumbai cricket uh during your college days you had to report to nets very early in the morning uh under a certain vs patel can you talk about those days amazing discipline and i think uh, the gentleman's uh, discipline sort of preceded the person we hadn't met him till uh, because we started our nets in the monsoons when we joined college and it's a interesting uh, a selection we had we had to actually stand in a line because it was sports membership so we had to come with our press clippings me and ravi and we had to practice in the nets and then they gave us they selected us on the basis of what they saw in the press clippings and gave us our oh, sports admission so we had to go through the the system when college practice started i think vs patel joined in a little late but the aura of vs patel uh, being a stickler for discipline and no nonsense person actually came before he actually arrived on at the nets so it prepared us in a big way but uh, it taught us a lot of things which maybe we wouldn't have learnt was it different to what you have heard of he was committed very loyal to anybody who came from podar college or the other union stuck out for them you know he would go to selectors with uh, the score sheets in case they had done well their people could say he was a little favorable or biased towards podarites and uh, and the other union uh, but uh, why not i mean he invested time in every player who did well and he believed in them so uh, some were beneficiaries and i think some may have a right to believe that they didn't get the benefit of uh, vs patel's enthusiasm and you know involvement in players how was he to you very good i think uh, what he did to me was he gave me an opportunity to play with the seniors as a wicket keeper and i think the first friendly match uh, i played when i was in the junior college we were playing at hindu gymkhana and uh, it was a wet uh, damp wicket it was just before the kanga league started and uh, we scored about 100 100 odd and i got 35 runs and i just hung around that's the only way i knew, knew, knew how to bat so i hung around and we got them out for 
I think Nirmal Mathre picked up some seven wickets. And uh, but when I went back to the college nets, uh, he said to me, he said, you know, 35 is good, you know, because you're playing with the big boys, and uh, I will I'll make sure you bat every day in the nets because that's what changed everything, you know, batting for an hour in the, with the, against the new ball day by day through the season, it actually helped you raise your own bar. Uh, did you get a lot of runs in intercollegiate cricket to get into the Mumbai Probables? Quite a few actually. Uh, it was always an approach to impress VS Patil. Uh, big runs. And uh, you know, Bombay cricket in those days, I say Bombay because it was Bombay, actually got excited by huge runs. A very Big incident took place when we had gone for a selection, under 22 selection, me and Ravi. We saw this huge crowd and Vasant Tambladi and uh, Kudroli had taken us there, you know, to have a word with the selectors. And with 5,000 kids there on, you know, one ball each or two balls each and thank you very much. I remember walking with Ravi across uh, the bridge to Sanman restaurant. And uh, that was our favourite restaurant because it was just behind the Karnataka ground. and. I said to him, you know, how are we going to impress people with so many people around us, you know, 5,000 boys coming for a selection. And Ravi made a very pertinent point then. He said, uh, we've got to perform so well that people come to see us. We don't go there. And I think that stuck in my mind that, you know, I said to myself that even if you're playing against the weakest team, if you put on big runs and you do it consistently, people will inquire, they'll be inquisitive, who's this guy who's getting big runs? And I think that is what take because through college we played some ordinary teams and some decent teams. The continuity of big runs actually made people and I remember once I was playing a match at Karnataka and Jimmy Diwadkar, who was a selector, he was he was he was very important in the corridors of power. Mm. He was sitting at the next tent, you know, the tarpaulin tents which used to be there sipping his tea and dipping his glucose biscuits in the tea and I, somebody told me, uh, the wicketkeeper told me, Jimmy Diwadkar is here to watch you and I looked around because we were always conscious of who would come and then I looked and he said he's sitting in that tent just behind square and then I was told at lunchtime that you know Diwadkar has come to watch you but he's sitting quietly there. So these were little things that mattered and uh, obviously the runs that came and you know the media, the press played a huge part because the you know, there were there were reporters who would go covering match to match at the ground and then, you know, giving you that visibility for people to ask, who's this? It wasn't a digital era, it was more about print media and uh, reporters did get excited by consistency of big runs to give you that publicity and I think a lot of our, our generation got that publicity and uh, created a sense of inquisitiveness in uh, the people sitting in the corridors of power those days. You are listening to the Mumbai Cricket Podcast with Clayton Murzello. Bobby, under 22, you were captain of the team before you made your Ranji debut? Yes, actually my first year Bombay under 22, I became captain. And for some reason, I don't know why, but uh, maybe the selectors felt that uh, this guy is a good listener or he, he can probably, you know, work things out in terms of strategy. Uh, more than his own batting and uh, I think the balance was good because it required a lot of adaptability because you know coming from a Jesuit school getting into the system of you know Marathi speaking boys I think Podar helped me but uh, under 22 was a great experience because we played uh, the first year in Mumbai which we won the second year we played in Ahmedabad which we won and the third year we played in Baroda which we won and uh, 
I think in the six games we played uh, the West Zone, I think did reasonably well. I got uh, 400s in six games. And very interestingly, in the second year, uh, when I got picked for Bombay, it was after the under 22 finals. Mm. Both Lalchan and me had got, uh, I had got 192 and Lalchan had got 167. We were lucky. Initially, both of us would have got the benefit of the doubt, but we just cashed in and we were put into bat on a coy matting. And both of us got big hundreds. And as soon as the match got over, Lalchan took permission and went off to his village. And we returned to Bombay by train. And the next morning, I get a call from Dilip Sardesai saying, are you coming for the match tomorrow? And I said, uh, I will be coming. So he said, no, you're coming to play because Gulam Parkar is injured. Oh, that's how you were told? Yeah. So I was like, uh, sure, sir. He said, no, why would I lie to you? You know, and in his own inimitable style, Sardesai said, uh, you know, Chaku, come for the game. You come polish your shoes and all that. And uh, I had to actually polish my shoes and wash my clothes because we didn't carry so much equipment. Later, I got to know that they were looking for both of us. It was either me or Lalchand who would have played, but uh, Lalchand went off to his village. So, no mobile phones, couldn't be contacted. So, I had come back and uh, that year I made my debut. Your debut is interesting because they dropped the last season's captain in that eleven. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, one of my most embarrassing moments because Eknath Solkar was 12th man in that game. And uh, Solkar, uh, I think I had an injury in the first hour. I was feeling a short leg and I had to go off for some treatment or some spray or ice in those days. And uh, Eknath, you know, a childhood hero of mine, came into field for me at bat pad. And those days what happened was the youngest player in the team or the new entrant was, you know, sort of put at bat pad because uh, he was the lamb to the slaughter and uh, I saw Eknath walk in and uh, the year before we were at the stadium where he lifted the trophy. So, so you were at that game? Yeah, we watched that game because uh, uh, that was a final which Ashok Mankad got a great double hundred I think. But that final was a special moment for Mumbai cricket and Bombay cricket and then uh, to see Eknath 12th man, I think just after that game he called it a day. What did this tell you about Mumbai cricket? Ruthless. You ought to know when your time is up. Also, a very concentrated focus, blooding in youngsters at the right time. And uh, no tolerance uh, for big names. Just ruthlessness when it came to taking decisions. So, you launched your career which uh, got you 10 first class hundreds, 10 Ranji Trophy hundreds. Did you expect that to end up that way? To be honest, uh, I think I underachieved. And I'm being very blunt here because I've got over 25 50s. But I think uh, if I would converted those into hundreds, maybe even half of those, I would have had over 20 hundreds and uh, that would be in, be in a better CV for me. I don't know what would what I had in store for me for the future, but uh, 10 hundreds averaging 44 or whatever is not good enough. Uh, and I'm being very blunt with myself. I think I also because I was one of the few non-test batsmen in the team, Somewhere I got into a comfort zone uh, of playing game to game. So if I probably got a 70 or a 80, I may have relaxed. I wish I had somebody to come and, you know, wrap me on the knuckles then and say, look, play this game as if it's your last game for Bombay. When I myself decided that if I play every game as my last game, I started doing much better. People say a lot of things, but I think I just, uh, I could have done better. Which of those 10 hundreds was your most satisfying? Oh, without a doubt, a uh, game against UP. I think it was Sachin's first year, 88-89. We played uh, the first game against Gujarat. I must have got 30-odd. 
then we went to Rajkot. I got a hundred in the first innings and uh, eighty-nine in the second innings, and batted uh, alongside Sachin, outscoring him in both innings. I keep reminding him of that. But uh, third game, I got a pair against uh, Baroda at Thane. And in the fourth game at Aurangabad, I was left out. Though I had the highest number of runs till then uh, for Bombay, I think they wanted to look at the opportunity of sending Chandu as an opening batsman wicketkeeper to the West Indies. And I was left out. I was pretty upset about the fact that you know one bad game shouldn't have uh, allowed me to be left out. But uh, I requested the selectors and Milind Rege, I think, was a selector. I told him I wouldn't like to travel. Uh, if I'm not, I've been around long enough. I mean, I made my debut in '81, and it was '88 we are talking about. Yeah. So I said that you know, if I'm not going to play, I'd rather be you know in the nets here practicing, rather than you know travel with the team. I think they went to Hyderabad where they beat uh, Hyderabad, where Sachin and Dilip had that great partnership. And uh, I was sitting and chatting with Ravi the day before the game, UP game, and uh, Ravi got a call saying uh, Dilip Vengsaka is not fit. So Ravi tells me go home come to the game tomorrow morning, you're playing. I was like, I probably packed in my equipment for the season, you know, thinking I won't get a game, but I landed up at the great game in the morning, a little early, of course, had a net, and uh, we batted first, and uh, I think in a total of 200, I got 142. It was very satisfying, and it just told me one thing about cricket and life, that, you know, you never know when things change for you. And that is something I've remembered because I never knew where my next run was coming from in the first 15 minutes I batted. Suddenly it all changed and uh, 142 out of 200 is, is not a bad contribution. So I think it was probably one of the best innings in terms of my con personal contribution to a team's success. Uh, with scores such as yours, uh, you didn't get a chance to play in the zonal tournaments <laughs> like Dulip Trophy and not the at other. All. Yeah. Not at all. Did you find that strange? I did initially. Especially after my first year, where uh, first full season, where I, I think I got 554 runs, only second to Roger Bini in India. And uh, the West Indies were touring India. And I would have thought that, you know, with the Indian players away and uh, most of them batsmen from Bombay, I would have got a place. But uh, I didn't get a place in that uh, 15. And that was a touring game, you know, the, the West Indies played. Uh, and a lot of players who probably didn't play the whole season from other states of uh, the West Zone played in that game. So, yeah, part of life, but uh, that shook me a little bit uh, in terms of uh, accepting why. Try and introspect as to why you're not getting, when you're sure you'll get picked, you're not there. But uh, I've never allowed these things to bother me too much because I was just happy playing cricket and uh, I just felt that I was privileged and lucky to be able to play for Bombay. Let's talk about that final versus Haryana in 91. You opened the batting, you were in the team, ended up being a cliffhanger. What were you doing in the dressing room? Biting my nails, uh, walking in and out, um, hoping that, you know, Abby wouldn't get strike at the end. I mean, the game went on the way, you know, after being around for a decade, you knew the sounds of disappointment and you knew the sounds of excitement. So, you of kept... Of the Wankede crowd. Of the crowd. So, you kept rushing in and rushing uh, or going in when when the, the, the expressions were different. So, we were all involved. Uh, but, you know, I've always felt that... Uh, the real involvement comes when you're on the ground. Outside, it could be a little cosmetic in the sense because you're not in the action. But, you know, your emotions are equally strong. And uh, when it's, it's a close match, uh, obviously, uh, you want things to go your way. But somehow that, that day just didn't turn out the way one would have liked. And I don't like looking back on a game because, especially when you lost it, because it doesn't matter. It's over. But uh, 
I think the couple of things that uh, went wrong in that game, primarily I think I was overbold. <laughs> if you remember, I, I bowled about 15 overs. As we played without an off spinner and I picked up two wickets. I'm very proud of that, but I kept insisting we should stop, the captain should stop me and you know, get on. We had four fast bowlers and try and clean up the, the bottom uh, order of Haryana. But I think I went on to bowl 15 overs. I haven't done that in life. And mm. Somewhere I felt responsible for that loss because I bowled 15 overs, but uh, uh, I can't take blame for that individually. I think uh, it was a tactical error. So you could see the determination in Kapil Dev's face to win that final? Kapil Dev was always keen to beat Bombay. He was a terrific competitor and he, you know, he would give you the impression that, uh, oh, Bombay, you know, he was, he was like a silent assassin. He would walk into the dressing room at every break, you know, lunchtime or tea time and say, oh, you guys are too good and you guys, but you knew when you saw him on the ground how badly he wanted to win. And every time he'd come into the dressing room, he said, no, you guys can never lose. You guys are always, and we always knew that this was his way of, mm. you know, just unleashing his tension. But when he get, got on the ground, uh, you knew that this is one thing he wanted to achieve is, is beat Bombay. And, uh, we we understood why because you know he was a he's a great cricketer and uh, a great cricketer needs that one Ranji Trophy under his belt to express why he's great and we fielded badly I mean looking back uh, we dropped a few catches on the first day one of the opening batsmen a good friend of mine uh, he settled in Australia I can't get his name he got 170 odd uh, but Deepak uh, Deepak Sharma we actually if you look back uh, we fielded badly to not to win that game would you have got a place in the eleven had Ravi Shastri played that game. I don't know. I've never looked at it. But you see, I got a hundred in the game before against Delhi. Yeah, I think me, Sanjay, Sachin got a hundred in that game. I think four of us got hundreds. But that was also a tight game, one one run kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe I wouldn't have. You know, these things. Uh, you know, Bombay. I like I said, was ruthless. Uh, yeah. Uh, when it came to dropping somebody, despite the fact that he may have got a hundred in the previous game, it wasn't something abnormal. And uh, you know, as much as players felt. Uh, uh, they got a raw deal. I think it was a part of our uh, system and I was pretty much used to this that, uh, that you know when there were bigger names and, or people who were playing at the higher level it was obvious that somebody would have had to be left out and uh, it was fine. Would you call that the most stressful game you ever encountered? Uh, not really. I, I just looked at every game as a, a special moment. There is stress for everything you do, but uh, it was about enjoying the moment. And uh, from a result perspective, because it was so close, yes, I'd say that it was stressful in that sense, But it, because it was a tight game. But uh, to say that it was stressful not to enjoy it again would be incorrect. It was, it was a good game of cricket. And I think uh, most Mumbai cricketers look at a cricket game of cricket as a challenge. You know, they don't look at it as a as a stressful uh, outing. They mostly look at it as an event to be savored, to be enjoyed, and uh, something they can take back. You know, as a learning. So I've heard a story. You also share a, a common uh, toilet yeah. and bathroom and shower at yeah. the old Vankadi dressing room, and Kapil Dev comes to Vengsarkar and pleads, uh, "Let us win this one." Ranji Trophy title. How true is that? Yeah, it is true. Uh, he did that and he did it quite often. But that that's not saying that he wanted it on a platter. He was going to work for it. He was going to earn it. But I think, like I said, you know, it was his way of, of making, to elevate us, yet make us complacent. We were never complacent. Uh, Mumbai boys are smarter than that. 
and you know they knew Kapil's greatness. You know, if he if he got a, a small uh, window to enter into a game and you know clean it up, he would have done that, and he did that. Did anyone bat better than Vengsarkar in that game? No, it would have been one of Dilip's great innings, I'd say. You know, we've all seen him play many of our India, but uh, for Mumbai in, in my little career, I think uh, that was probably one of the one of the best innings I saw him play. Yes, and you know, we know that uh, it's all archived and documented that he had a tear in his eye um, after the game because he equally badly wanted to win this game. I think this was towards probably the twilight of his career. Correct. So his second last season actually. Yeah, and he wanted to end or he wanted to get that trophy badly for Mumbai. These are things that happen and uh, I think Dilip was also very passionate about Bombay cricket. I think Sanjay was leading that game, Correct. not Dilip. But uh, his passion for Mumbai cricket again was something that uh, you see, even today, you know, whenever Bombay gets yeah. out early, he's on the phone or he's feeling uh, uncomfortable or he's not happy about it. And uh, these are things that actually kept Bombay cricket alive and hopefully we'll find new people coming in who can do that. How did you enjoy your trips to England for league cricket? Oh, it was a great learning. Uh, frankly, our culture is such that we play a game in a, on a maidan, you know, pick up our bags, wear our sweaters in those days, there were no tracksuits and walk off with that little Air India bag, you know, get on to our lives. You know, the, the cricket ground or the maidan is our comfort zone. When you went to England, obviously you realise that, you know, cricket is only a part of uh, what you do. Then you have to interact with uh, club members, supporters, and it's a part of your job. And I didn't know that initially. I would finish a game, have a shower, drive off with my in my car to go home and watch a Hindi movie. My president comes to me and says, you know, this is not your job. Your j part of your job is to play and perform for the team and make it win. But the other part of the job is to, to socialize and, you know, interact with the supporters and members who actually raised money for your salary in the off-season, you know, being involved with club activities. So do that job properly because you owe, to, owe it to them. But I said, you know, I find it very difficult because I drink orange juice and, uh, you know, to drink seven orange juices when you're sitting with uh, people is, is a little difficult. So he says, well, then you start drinking, <laughs> but make sure you're there. And uh, it taught me a lot of things. It taught me how to interact with people, adapt to people, be told that, look, you're not doing a job. You've got out for a duck. You haven't had a good payday today or you haven't worked for your salary today. So it, it taught you a lot of things which... Uh, you know, we as cricketers take for granted playing in India. We think that the game owes us a lot. Uh, it's not that case. We owe the game a lot. You are listening to the Mumbai Cricket Podcast with Clayton Murzello. Uh, so, you also did a stint with East Africa. You you went there. You shared a flat with Mark Ram Prakash. What happened was that when the season got over in England, I got a call from Sandeep Patil then. The most... Uh, popular professional in Nairobi in those days and uh, not only did he know all the supporters and the club members he knew every lion in the in the wilds of Africa <laughs> by name I might add so he called me and he said that why don't you come because Sanjay Manjekar is playing for Nairobi Gymkhana and he has to go for India duty so why don't you join us so I landed up in Nairobi from Scotland and I see this young guy in my flat uh, Mark Ram Prakash and he just got won that Gillette Cup for uh, Middlesex and uh, Sandeep, myself and he, we shared a flat together. Spent a lot of time together exchanging uh, notes on batting, on uh, county cricket versus Ranji Trophy cricket, practicing together in the long corridors of uh, those apartments, you know, impersonating various cricketers, uh, mm. him learning a bit of uh, 
Hindi, me learning a bit of uh, Cockney English. So we became good friends and uh, we've been so over the years. Wasn't Anup Sabnis part of your group? Anup Sabnis was also part of my uh, group and uh, Anup was of course very talented fast bowler who played, did great service for Bombay. Uh, but uh, Anup was also there so it was good because we all went out together. So anyone inviting us for dinner, there was, uh, there was one rule that you know we accept one invitation, all of us go together. So there was a great uh, camaraderie between us, uh, bonding between us that we will not go individually, we will go together and often landed up at three dinners on one evening, you know, because there's the hospitality of Nairobi was something that uh, you had to be there to believe. But uh, eat uh, the starters in one at one dinner, then the main course in the second dinner and the dessert at the third dinner, it was, but it was all doing it together. And I think those are the bonds that you sort of savor to, you know, after the days are over in terms of playing cricket. What about Kangali? You played for three clubs, Karnataka, Hindu Gymkhana and CCI. And one for Jolly, Jolly. towards the end, you know, when they were short. Kangali was, how do I put it? It was, it was the start of something new happening in a year. It was also the start of, you know, a preparation for the year. It was also a start to getting that 30 in the papers so that you get recognized or three wickets as uh, in those days. But it was a start to a new chapter. And I think it was pretty much a prelude to the symphony. The symphony was the cricket season, whether it was BCCI tournaments, whether it was your local tournaments. Mm. Uh, but the main thing was uh, the Kanga League set the tone. Also, it set the tone in terms of, you know, your preparation, your body. Uh, you, there's no gym and fitness those days. You knew how you felt after the first Kanga League game, you know, where it, it just prepared you. And uh, I think the most important part of Kanga, Kanga League was it got cricketers together. Even, you know, just if rain stopped play, you'd walk around the Maidan. If you're playing at Karnataka, you'd walk around the Maidan, have a cup of tea at one place, meet other cricketers. It was a social event, but it sort of signaled out that the season has begun. I loved the start of the Ganga League. Probably later on, I missed most of it because I played the second part because we'd be in England. In England, yeah. In fact, pre-Kanga League, I remember me and Ravi would go to the Karnataka football ground and practice there. You know, just have a knock and... Uh, Probably, you know, try out a new bat with somebody, uh, some handout by somebody or some uh, bat purchase from Natkani Sports and we would knock it and uh, spend a couple of hours bowling and batting and, you know, there was, there was nothing, there were no nets but it just gave you a feel of the system and what was to come and uh, uh, pretty much romantic about those days because uh, that actually prepared you for what was in store later. How did you get into the Tata's uh, team? I joined Mahindra's first actually when Ramnath Kenny actually insisted and he kept calling me saying that you have to join Mahindra's. I wasn't too keen because uh, I think uh, Mafatlal were pursuing me and Ravi in those days and Makran uh, Vaingankar okay. used to keep calling us to his office to say that you know Ashok wants you to play and both of us were keen to play university. I think we did that, we played university that year and then the following year Ramnath Kenny kept calling me saying, you know, you have to join and they, they didn't have a very strong side but I think Yajuvendra Singh was just on the way out, he wasn't playing anymore, he had got into the corporate world. Pandu Salgaukar was pretty much into the system of Mahindras but they had some young players and uh, I remember one of my friends from college, Narvekar, he said to me, you, if you're taking it, you join as an officer a junior executive. So I said, why? I mean, I'm going to join for cricket. He said, no, you'll get a buffet lunch. 
and uh, the buffet lunch is much much better than any other lunch you know because you will get you will get starters you will get the main course so i said wow i'm not joining for the buffet lunch i'm joining for cricket but i did join uh, mahindra's first and uh, i was still under 22 and we had gone to baroda to play the under 22 and milind rege was our coach slash manager and i think one night he decided that he was going to set up a new team at tatas mm. because the the older players were sort of on the way out and uh, i think myself lalchan rajput raju kulkarni alan sippi four or five of us from that team joined tatas after coming back because all of us were doing well together and milind was very much a, a mentor come coach a senior player much revered in our system he said to us you know i'm setting up a young team and i want all of you all to play together for the next decade so and it happened so that we all played together for a decade but it was a part of uh, our initiation into tatas so 91 92 the indian team was in australia you were made mumbai captain yes and your coach was hanuman singh uh, he is one of the most unheralded figures in indian cricket for the kind of knowledge he had for the kind of the good nature he had can you talk about hanu Oh, fantastic human being! I mean, he must have been a fantastic player. But if I had to rate him as a human being versus a player, he was a much greater human being than a player. Very loved, a great student of the game. Yeah. Not dictatorial. In those times, it was a rare thing because you know it was my way or the highway at some uh, you know for some people. But uh, he loved a debate. He loved to disagree. Also, except sometimes if he felt that you were right, except he got it wrong. but i learned a lot from him because his outlook to the game was a was ahead of time when the selectors called me in my last year saying that you know we want you to lead i told them i'm going to retire after this year because i was 29 and i didn't see myself playing for india and uh, they said we're making a young side because the seniors are out hanu said that's a very bold statement to make to them i said yes sir because i mean if i've if i've been around for 10 years i think the next generation needs to be around for 10 years and uh, it's only fair that you know i call it a day because i don't see myself there was no ipl there's nothing else except uh, ranji trophy and i got along fabulously with him i think pre season we had a lot of uh, cups of tea at the veranda at cci talking cricket i learned so much in fact i learned so much from him uh, as a human being he actually uh, made me realize one thing in that period that uh, there's more to life after cricket and um, you need to be ready you know when uh, when the, the curtains come down on you and um, that is something i i missed i missed him a lot uh, uh, after i stopped playing cricket because i didn't get to interact with him so much and uh, i was there when he passed uh, at the breach candy hospital but a uh, lovely human being and uh, so much to learn from the man dilip sardesa is another guy who you interacted a lot Uh, maybe as bombay university selector ranji selector what was it about him childlike enthusiasm when he saw talent heart for bombay's cricket sometimes going over the top which is normal uh, because you know for him it was about good technique good you know good left elbow something correct something right and he would get excited but uh, in a sense he was gentleman who called me and said you want uh, your pick to play for bombay so uh there'll be a emotional connect there but uh, always uh, been interested in uh, you know te- talking technique talking footwork sometimes uh, being a little abrasive when when you were not doing well but uh, mm-hmm. i think these characters like sardesai hanuman singh vasu paranshbe and so many others vs patel 
Milind Rege later on, um, I'd say even Vilas Godbole for whatever it is worth. They're actually the lifeline of Mumbai's cricket, like so many others. I, I'm sorry I'm not taking more names because I'll probably get clouded, but they actually made Mumbai cricket the way it turned out to be because they were always inquisitive, always looking for talent, always getting excited about some cricketer, whoever, you know, whether it's a Maidan cricketer, club cricketer, whoever. Just getting excited about runs and wickets behind in that last column and you know then then spreading the world. Great influencers spreading the word around that, oh look these guys are performing. You went on to become a selector uh, but your end of your term was not uh, exactly glorious. I mean you, <laughs> yeah. you left. Uh, can you talk about that? It was pretty much uh, instinctive what I did. Uh, I don't know whether I have done it if I was uh, older. But uh, I just felt that I may not have been in the right place uh, because when you take a decision to pick a team and then it's it's changed without you knowing about it, uh, you just realize that you may not be doing the right thing or you may not be in the right place because uh, a selector's job is to pick a team, right or wrong. And if then it is overruled without your knowledge, then um, you don't deserve to be there for whatever it means. I had no sort of axe to grind with any individual. I just felt that the philosophy of what you were doing was uh, undermined and that is why I decided to quit. But uh, it was on an issue-based thing, not so much on, uh, on anything else. Until recently, you were CEO of Baroda Cricket Association. Uh, how did you land up with that job? Well, it's very interesting. Uh, I was never interested in state associations. You know, I've been involved with setting up two IPL teams and all that. I had seen the corporate side of it. Uh, yeah. Involved with other stuff, you know, television stuff, uh, doing a lot of uh, uh, IPL work, you know, on television after that. But I got a call from uh, Pranav Amin, who's the president of Baroda Cricket Association. And obviously, must have come through some reference, but he called me and he said, you know, we'd like you to look at this and uh, as a CEO. I had uh, two a couple of questions. I, one was, of course, uh, looking into the cricket comfort and comfort of cricketers. One was, of course, uh, trying to raise uh, revenue for state cricket. And one was, of course, uh, being able to manage the political side of it, which, which I hadn't ever done in my life. So, these three verticals being a part of my job uh, responsibility made me learn a lot of things about the game that happened behind the scenes and uh, it was a great learning but it taught me to be a little patient, adaptable and uh, realize that you know when uh, state associations get a lot of money, you know what you do for them in terms of raising money isn't very important, it doesn't really add to their coffers. Mm. But it taught me uh, a lot of things I've learned, and I think in the years to the years to come, it will help me, you know, understand uh, people better. So, what have you gone into now? We've started this uh, sports technology firm. It's a user-generated uh, sports application. Actually, when the promoters came and spoke to me, they just talked to me about it as uh, an app that can uh, take uh, kids from streetlights to floodlights, and. Um, it's about, you know, developing a cricket community across the country, across the world. And I thought to myself, hey, look, Shishir, you were lucky with your whatever little ability, skill. And I must say this immodestly. I mean, there must have been so many players who were better than you. But they were not at the right place at the right time. And uh, we are not here to judge players, but uh, I can seriously believe they would have been better players. But they didn't get a platform to showcase their talent. 
maybe they were not at the right place at the right time maybe they came from a different strata of society maybe they weren't in the influencers list there could be so many reasons and this is one platform my sports which i realized could actually throw up a lot of unknown players who will get a platform to showcase their skills and for me it was about a platform that build stars rather than builds on stars then i said now it's time to do something that uh, you know it may sound cliched you know giving back to the game but for me it was really saying hey look yeah you played cricket but you were just lucky somebody was there to see you mm-hmm. there must have been so many guys who didn't have that somebody so my sports is that somebody for me so it's an ex- exciting new chapter i'm excited entry. about it uh, it's a long road ahead but i think at the end of the day i've always believed that if you have talent and if you have something to showcase it's about being seen and i believe that some day you get seen and uh, hopefully this some day will be faster with my sports well shishir we wish you all the best thank you for coming on this mumbai cricket podcast all the best thank you so much clayton it's been lovely being here and of course uh, you made me go back in a, to a passage of time that i really enjoyed uh, i made a lot of friends including yourself and uh, just loved uh, going down memory lane and uh, you know it's like uh, reliving uh, a past that you really savor thank you so much